This, ladies and gentlemen, is why things associated with Canada need to just stay north. Week five of the NFL season is over, and this one hurt. It hurt for more reasons than just the usual disappointment, because this week, disappointment for the Steelers came in the form of a 35-point blowout, losing to the Buffalo Bills 38-3. to Zach and I are going to go over that game briefly, because if we spend too much time talking about it, we are going to burst into tears. We're going to preview next week's, max, next week's matchup against Tampa Bay, give you our uh, stock rising and stock falling teams for the week. There is no dark horse this week because we didn't really see anything that like really stood out to us like we've seen in weeks past. So we figured that it was best to just skip it and not throw some team in there that we really didn't believe in. So there is no dark horse, but Zach's hot take of the week will be returning. So there is that. Hello and welcome back to the podcast to Steelers fans in a pro football world. I'm Zach. And I am Dill. And we are here to bring you all of the news from the NFL, USFL, and XFL from a Pittsburgh Steelers fans perspective. And uh, right now that Pittsburgh Steelers fans perspective is uh, just sad. Just sad. It's, it's pain. It's a lot of pain. Um, I I don't know. I personally, it sucks for me, and also I know it sucks for Dill because, you know, both of us are around like seventeen, eighteen. I'm nineteen. He's seventeen. So like, we we've never seen the Steelers have a losing season. Yeah. I I really don't want that to start personally. I mean, I know some of our viewers were around during the Tommy Maddox and Bubby Brister days, where you know the Steelers were absolute crap and uh you know the the cleveland browns no way we 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 weren't that bad but i don't think anything could quite be that bad except the detroit lions uh let's let's say the jacksonville jaguars of the of the nfl um even that's pushing it yeah houston texans currently i yeah yeah all right i'm all right with that back back when we were the houston texans of the nfl so uh yeah but I, I really don't want to see us get back to that point. And um, look, I think it's going to, I'm going to be honest, I think it's going to look like that for a little bit. Um, but just if you look at the kind of gauntlet of games that we're going into, uh, well, I guess we already started, but I mean, we just, I think we got stuck with a very unfortunate schedule and a very unfortunate offensive coordinator. Uh, and that's just, that's that's gonna hurt us, but you know, look, the biggest thing that hurt us this year is obviously T.J. Watt leaving, or not leaving, but you know, getting hurt. Yeah. Oh, well, he'll be back though, so it's not, I guess, a total loss in that regard. Very true, but he they did reveal that. Uh, so not nothing really set back his uh, pectoral injury, uh, but he did receive uh, surgery on his knee. And that will push him back until after the bye, which is is actually what me and Dill said originally. At, at least I know I was very on board with you know just keep TJ Watt out until after the bye week, so that way he gets as much rest as possible. He comes back where everybody's kind of rested and on a on a rejuvenated week, and you know we just kind of take the season from there. Uh, I'm at this point not really expecting us to get any wins before then. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with you on that one. It's possible. 
you know, any given Sunday, anything is possible, but the likelihood, the likelihood is cripplingly low. Yeah. Now, look, if we're going to get one against any of these next coming teams, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay because they don't look great. And a lot of people think they do, but they really don't. I'd say the only thing impressive is the fact that Tom Brady hasn't or has only thrown one interception. Has he really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is that, that is kind of impressive. I'll be honest. Um, but I think that's mostly because they're trying to rely on their run game with Leonard Fournette, which, yeah, that's probably going to be how they beat us. Cause if they rely on a run game, then we're screwed. Um, yeah. Cause who do we have to defend the freaking run? Yeah. Uh, Cam Hayward, but he gets like triple teams now because TJ Watt ain't there. Uh, I don't even have any witty comments this week. It's just that frustrating. Dude, um, my witty comments all left my soul when uh, the Steelers lost. My witty comments are in the same place as Matt Canada's football IQ. Nowhere to be found. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough season in general, mostly next couple weeks. Um, but there, there's one kind of kind of small, but one bright spot among all of this. And that's that I, I, I really think Kenny Pickett is our guy. Uh, yeah, I'm 100 percent with you on that. I mean, the man threw for, oh, I can't remember the exact number, 327 or 37 yards. 327, I believe. Okay. Because it was just over. Now, I'll grant you that was against a Buffalo secondary that was playing guys that I'm pretty sure they picked up off the freaking street. But, I mean, 327 yards is impressive by any, by just any metric. Especially with a rookie dealing with that pass rush. Yeah. Because, and, and that's what a lot of people, you know, probably won't give him credit for, is that – and Steelers fans should give him more credit for it because we've seen how important a pass rush is to a secondary. That's why – so many people on our secondary look so good for the last couple of years because TJ Watt would put so much pressure on the QB that, I mean, you could be a freaking plain flappy bird on your phone and you'd probably still catch an interception. So why flappy bird? That's the first game that came to my head. Why is that the first game that came to your head? I don't know. I, first... what, I can't even remember the last time I, Flappy Bird, ladies and gentlemen. That's wow. Okay, I mean, what? uh, It's a valid point, though. I yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, it's questionable, questionable uh, game choice, in my professional opinion. All I'm saying is that with the pass rush that was coming at him, and the fact that he was able to get the ball out, make accurate throws. Only throw one interception, which again, like many of his, was not his fault. No, no, that interception was definitely his fault. Oh, no, 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 wait. Oh, wait, I was thinking of the time. Never mind. I was thinking of um, he only threw one one interception in that game, but Deontay Johnson dropped the pass that was almost intercepted. You know, isn't that funny that we paid Deontay Johnson number one wide receiver money, expecting him to catch things, and... 90% 90% of our quarterback's interceptions thus far have been the result of him having butterfingers. Bro, I'm pretty sure the only thing he catches for us is the cold. 
By the way, he's mad. Ryan Clark made some comment about him this week. Or maybe, I don't know if it was him specifically, but he made some comment about it, and Johnson got all mad about it. How about you catch the football and, you know, silence people with your actions? Don't sit there and say, like, oh, I uh, I don't I don't feel like getting into it because I feel like that's that's low-hanging fruit. But I think my point is still made. Yeah. I mean, I remember there was one interview where he's, like, calling out some fans saying, like, you're not out here playing you're not doing this and i'm like i remember reading some some of the comments on posts like this and it's like yeah we're we're not on the field because that's not our job you are getting paid to do this this is the job that you want to do it's not the critics job to fix the movie right exactly like critics in movies right stuff that the director did poorly or that actors did poorly but they're not going to go and act because they at least like they know what is supposed to be right. Maybe they can't do it themselves, but they at least know what the right thing is supposed to be. And there's no better critics than Steelers fans, if I'm being honest. I, yeah, that's I would second that. Like we, at least true, good Steelers fans pay attention to this game. We know the ins and outs of this game. Excuse of saying that. We're not out there doing your job. I mean, you're not doing our job. You're not doing, you know, the normal jobs of people because that's not what you do. So we're not going to go out there because, yeah, we can't catch the ball. But you're supposed to be able to because that's what you're getting paid for. If a person in accounting can't do math, then they're going to get fired because they can't do their job. It's true. And it goes for Matt Canada, too. Because imagine if he came out and said, it's like, well, you guys aren't calling the plays. And I'm like, dude, I could go into the bathroom and find in the toilet a better playbook than what you're putting out there. Okay. I'll call the Matt Canada example directly because at least Johnson's proven that he can be a good receiver, which I'd argue is why fans care so much. He can be really good. He's just not, he's not doing that. With mm-hmm. Matt Canada, it I can he be a good coordinator? Is that possible? We've we've literally seen nothing from it. You know what we have seen? The only times we've seen our offense do well is when one man, his name is Benjamin Roethlisberger. When that man was Benjamin calling Todd audibles, Roethlisberger, if you ask Ian Eagle, exactly. Um, when Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger was calling audibles, when he was running a two-minute offense on his own, that's that's a good offense. Think about it. We were a or down in one game. We were down 39 points and another game. We were down 27 and we brought both of them within a score. We were down when it was entirely Matt Canada's offense. We brought it within a score when it was Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. I think we lost both those games though. Unfortunately we did. We did. And I'd argue not at the fault of at least Roethlisberger's, play calling maybe a little bit on Roethlisberger's play to an extent but you know he's an aging quarterback that's understandable but to be fair when you have an offense that can come back and even make it close after that kind of deficit and you're putting us in that kind of deficit that's not entirely on the players that's mostly on the coaches that's true because when the players do what the players can do they bring it into the game when the coaches do what the coaches do well, in this case, they were, you know, getting us down by 39 points. <sighs> it, 
And look, we could pull out every other thousand amounts of evidence in the book about why Matt Canada needs to be fired. But it's not going to do us any good. We've, we've probably already brought it up too much considering, you know, how many times we've already brought it up. I feel like a broken record. That's the same. We talk about the same thing every week. Matt Canada needs to be fired. The offense looks like crap. The defense needs to step up. Every single person in Pittsburgh who watches any sort of football could say that and is saying that about the Steelers, and yet somehow nothing changes. Why? Is, why? 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 And it, it started this week where football analysts are saying, you know, um, you guys really start got to start looking at your offensive coordinator. Like, it's it's bad. And I think the worst thing is now that now Tomlin's come out and said, you know, I'm confident in him, but I confident uh, in what exactly? This is this is what I don't understand. It, yes, Tomlin said I'm confident in him, but you know, we, like if you look at the tape, that's it's not working. I'm like, yeah, no dip. It hasn't been working for three years. But if it hasn't have... been working for three years. Where are you getting confidence from? They have pulled out every excuse in the book for Matt Canada, and none of them, none of them work. They're they're literally out of excuses. This man literally has one of the best rosters on paper. When Deontay Johnson can catch a ball, yeah, um, which is like once uh, in a blue moon at the rate he's going. Well, one of the best offenses on paper, skill position wise. He has a quarterback that he worked with, not even worked with, but basically developed in college and he still can't get anything done. I mean, the man was handed at least maybe not a playoff contending team, but a winning record type team on a silver platter. And he, he can't do anything with it. It's, uh, it's wildly infuriating. Look, I personally though, as much as we, have both said multiple times, even this episode, that we could rant all day about Matt Canada. Uh, I want to go into the defense a little bit. Um, right now, injuries are kind of killing us. Uh, we have a couple key members of the secondary that are out. Cam Sutton was out for this past game. Uh, Levi Wallace, uh, I think, is in concussion protocol. Um, that He suffered that during the game, though. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, and then Akella Witherspoon, uh, is out or at least was out. Um, Terrell Edmonds, I think also recently got put in, con- into concussion protocol, I believe from that last. He's missed the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so he, he got concussed during the Jets game. Um, I don't. I think he was concussed before that. I don't sure? think he, I don't know that he played that game. I could be wrong, but I don't remember. No, I'm. I'm almost positive it was the Jets game. All right. Um, but I mean, here's the thing. Even before then, though, the only time our defense looked top tier, Manny. Yeah. And. As much as I really think we do have a lot of talent on this team, we really can't get it done without TJ. Just none of it's coming together. It's all bad. all these pieces that we've got, and yet somehow we still can't figure out how to play the game. 
And I mean, TJ Watt, yeah, he's he was defensive player of the year. He is one of the best defensive players in the game right now. I still I'll say it till the day I die. He's the best player in the NFL on the defense right now. Um and he's got all the potential to be one of the best defensive players of all time. Um but a cohesive defense can't just be him. I want it to just be him because I love the man. A lot of Steelers want it to just be him. Steelers players and fans, you know, at least when he's on the field. But I would not go as far as to say the man's injury prone. Um, but the last two seasons, he's shown he's not invincible because I'm going to I'm going to go out and say this. I think the reason why TJ Watt has been injured the last two years is because too much is riding on him and he feels himself and almost has the pressure from the team saying that if he doesn't go out and put his body on the line on every play, they won't win. And I think that's dangerous. And I could be completely wrong about that. He could not be thinking that at all. That could not be the pressure that's coming on him. But that's just what it seems like, especially knowing that they are 0-8 without him. Think about that if you're a player and you're thinking, my team only wins when I'm out on the field. Yes, that's, you know, encouraging. But it's also terrifying thinking that your team is nothing without you. So you have to put everything into every play, which leads to injury and I love you putting everything into every play but putting your body on the line in a sport like this that can get you concussed that can tear muscles um, and in the worst case scenario even get you killed or as we saw with Shazier paralyzed which I mean killed probably isn't the closest thing right now with all the safeties that or the safety measures that the NFL is taking, but I mean that was very recently that Ryan Shazier was paralyzed, and I I think if TJ Watt keeps playing with kind of a if I don't do or if I don't put my body on the line, if I don't uh, make a crazy play, then we won't win then I, I think it's going to lead to more injuries, which is really scary for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, I mean, you said it. There's really no other way to put it. And that's, that's a sad state of the organization as well, that they're relying on one guy to hold their whole defense together. The highest-paid defense in the NFL, mind you, which has come under a lot more scrutiny lately. And we're paying this team this much, this defense rather, this much, to give up 38 points to Buffalo and 400 yards in one half. Yeah. I mean, look, I think Cam Hayward is still probably a top three D lineman in the league, but he's getting double teamed a lot more now because TJ Watts not in the game. So yeah, on our defensive line, we've got two absolute stars, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. And I love Alex Highsmith. And as uh, followers of this podcast know I had a lot of high hopes in him uh, at the start of the season, but he's not getting doubled, and he's had so many opportunities to be 
one of the best. And he's not giving it. You know, he's not jumping on these opportunities to sacks or get crazy numbers here because, you know, he's not getting doubled. He could be getting these sacks. He's missed multiple sacks. And, yeah, it's hard to tackle some quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks like Josh Allen and stuff. But he was missing sacks on Mac Jones, Jacoby Brissett, and uh, Zach Wilson. I'm like, those guys, you don't have an excuse if you're missing sacks and you want to be a top pass rusher. So I'm kind of agreeing with some Steelers fans that say if we're picking high in the draft, yeah, maybe not pick them first, but pick a pass rusher again. Because Oh, no, you take an interior lineman. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not saying pick a guy, you know, with our first pick, but like third or fourth, take another pass rusher, because we need somebody else who can actually do something. When, yeah. God forbid, T.J. Watt, you know, pulls another hammy. I don't know. I, he pulls Peck. What do you mean pulls another hammy? I think no, didn't he pull? He pulled something in this. I it was his groin, and then messed, I don't know because last year apparently our groins had the durability of paper. So, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I I I think pass rusher would be something that I would look at in the draft or free agency after this season. It's not worth it now because we know T.J. Watt's coming back at some point, and also our season's kind of. Going down the drain, so I mean, making a big change on that level isn't what we need. Um, making a big change at offensive coordinator—that's what we need. Yep, I I fit it back in there again, and I don't feel bad about it. I, I don't think anyone blames you either. Yeah. Um. Look, I I could probably rant about a few more things, just petty, but I I like you said it before. If we spend too much time on this, gonna get ugly so you got any more pressing things to add to this no i mean the only thing is um i do give alex highsmith a little bit of leeway this week because it is hard to tackle josh and i give i don't give devin bush leeway because he had a clean shot at allen and he just Mm -hmm. did nothing but i'm gonna give i'm gonna give devin bush a little bit of leeway not on that tackle but I, I'm going to at least say that he has been playing a lot better this season That's than true. he has the past couple of seasons. And is he playing as well as a bunch of us hopes? No. Is he playing as well as he thinks he he should be? I don't think so because the man thinks he's a stud and he's not playing like one. But he's playing better than we thought he would, uh, which to say that about any Steeler at this point, kind of impressive so um i i'm gonna commend him for that i i'm i'm proud of him on that standpoint i'm gonna still say it's got to be better but at least he's he's doing something and he's doing it not bad yeah i will give you that and i think uh it's important not to get too discouraged by this week's loss both offensively and defensively, because Buffalo is probably the best team in the NFL. They're most likely going to win the Super Bowl, and there really is just no other player like Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But also, it's like what last week, like when we talked about, like don't go too hard on Pickett. I agree. Don't go saying like our team is the worst in the league or anything like that because there's still a lot of growth that needs to be done and really very few teams are going to beat the Bills this year. But the fact that we only scored three points, the fact that uh, we gave up 38, it still shows that on both sides of the ball, there's so, so, so much to be done. Um, The only hope for our offense right now is that the oldest guy has been there for five years. Like the longest tenured guy on our offense has been there for five years. And it's one of our offensive linemen. So we have a very, very, very young offense, which means if they get their stuff together and we get a legitimate offensive coordinator in the next couple of years, like we're going to have people here building a cohesive team for multiple, multiple seasons. Yeah. And the if you guys follow the Pittsburgh Steelers very closely and have followed them through the years, you know that we build our teams off of cohesiveness and, you know, building those bonds. That's how we've had our best teams. I mean, look at when we won four Super Bowls in six years. We got most of those players from one draft. or I, I think it was actually around two drafts. Um, like the standout players were from one or two drafts. Franco Harris, Mean Joe Green, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, all from very, very close drafts. And that's what's going to make that difference. Um, as long as, again, we can get people in the front office that are going to make the right decisions. I, I wish. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I won't call it likely, given our front office's recent track record of hiring coaches. Hasn't been phenomenal, but it's fun to dream, isn't it? Even if those dreams are delusional. But moving away from my Pepsi commercial quoting, let's move into our stock rising and falling for the week. Starting out with our stock rising. This week, Zach and I chose the New York Jets the Tennessee Titans, and the Carolina Panthers. Some controversial picks there, I know. We didn't put the Giants in because we had them on a previous stock rising, and they never really stopped rising. They're just sort of still rising. Uh, and in terms of the Panthers, you know, one of the worst teams in football, undoubtedly. But, I mean, they did just fire Matt Rule, and with firing Matt Rule, there's really nowhere to go but up for them. So that's why we put them on the list for this week. Uh, The New York Jets, another slightly controversial pick, but they've won two games in a row, and they haven't looked like the runt of the litter for the last couple of games. Granted, it was against the Steelers team that... uh, uh, You know, originally I wanted to make that noise like like as just a bit. And then, then I actually just like realized the nature of my sentence and just got sad. Realizing the nature of something and then getting sad pretty much sums up the Steelers' season. Yeah, it's, it, but uh, moving away from that, they also just mopped the floor with Miami, who beat Buffalo. And I know it's you know 
you can argue cause and effect and all these things and say, oh, well, you know, any given Sunday. And that's true. But they beat Miami by 23 points. And to beat anybody that's not, you know, the Steelers right now or the Browns by 23 points. Or the Browns. Or, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a feat. That's a feat in itself. So they're playing, they're playing pretty well. They're playing good football. In terms of the Tennessee Titans, starting out the season 0 and 2, they've won three in a row. Granted, their last three games have been against teams that aren't exactly top tier competition, that being the Raiders, Colts, and Commanders. Raiders and Colts, who are 1 and 4, and, or no, excuse me, Raiders and Commanders, who are 1 and 4, and the Colts, who are just an abomination to God. Um, so there's only so much you could take away from those games, but three in a row is three in a row. And, you know, Tennessee having Derrick Henry on that team, you can't really count them out of anything just because of the nature of how that team plays. Mike Vrabel's a really good head coach. Derrick Henry's just a stud. So I think the hope is that they shook off some of that early season rust in those first two games and that they can, that they can continue this winning streak moving forward. Um, well, don't couple... forget, too, that the Titans are actually leading the South, which, I mean, it's a very strong division, but leading a division is still yeah. impressive in any right. So, uh, I mean, if they make it to the playoffs, that looks like stock rising to me, especially starting off the season 0-2. Yeah, and it's not as if their schedule gets any harder for the next couple of weeks. They play the Colts again. That's kind of peculiar scheduling, in my opinion. They've got the Colts. They played the Colts. Then they played the Commanders. Now they play the Colts again. This early in the season, that's a little uh, interesting. But it is what it is. Uh, the Colts still just look like absolute trash. I mean, they're uh, – it's – yeah. I mean, I can't really comment because I'm a Steelers fan. And the Steelers also aren't in anyone's favor. But that doesn't mean that the Colts look any better. But after I mean, the Colts, but, sorry, but uh, I just wanted to say you talk about the battle of mid and like some different games, but that Thursday night game between them and Denver wasn't a battle of mid. It was a battle of that, who wants to lose this game. I mean, it was it was one of the most pathetic primetime games, if not the most pathetic primetime game I think I've ever seen. That game should have personally offended anyone who is a fan of the game of football. I That was just, oh, my goodness. But uh, after they play the Texans, who they play after the Colts, um, after they play the Texans, they play the Chiefs, so that'll be a tough game. And after that, they play the Broncos. And obviously not exactly powerhouse offenses, but I don't think that the Titans game against the Broncos could be any worse than the Colts game against the Broncos. So you better hope you're wrong about that. I, I, yeah, you're right. But anyway, their next stretch of games is not the most difficult. So I expect them to have a pretty good record, most likely the product of a soft schedule, but we won't really know until that game against Kansas city. So don't count out Tennessee just yet. You know, got to wait a little bit, see what they're really made of. Moving into our stock falling, we had the Kansas City Chiefs. Another one that's a bit of a stretch, mostly because their receiving core doesn't really look phenomenal. Travis Kelsey carried that entire offense against the Raiders, and the Raiders don't look good. So 
that is my reasoning behind that one. But I think another uh, thing I have to go into on that is the fact that, yes, Travis Kelsey is the best Titan in the league, and Patrick Mahomes is one of the best uh, quarterbacks, if not the best, in some people's eyes. So, yes, they're going to win games, and they're going to be a very strong team. But really, if they're one-dimensional, and if those are really the only two people on offense that are getting anything legit done, other playoff teams are going to figure that out quick. And maybe these lower-level teams won't be able to do much about it, but people are going to figure that out, and they are going to expose it, which is going to make Kansas City not as fancy as they look. Yeah. Also, their defense, which has always been suspect, continues to remain suspect, so that hasn't really changed. Uh, next on the stock falling list is the Detroit Lions, a team that both Zach and I were decently high on when the season started because they looked pretty good. Uh, they've fallen to one and four, and they've reverted back to the Detroit that I think everyone outside of the two of us knew that they were. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's the Detroit way. Them in Cleveland, I- man. What can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, honestly, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is their biggest bright spot on that team right now. He's been injured the last two games. So when they get him back, they might be able to do something. But it, it still just shows if your team is dependent on one or maybe even two players. That's I, we, we said it with the Steelers earlier. I mean, it's just it's not good and it's not going to produce a long line of success. Yeah. Yeah. And then our final stock falling for the week is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very up and down season for the Jaguars. Sometimes they look really good. Sometimes they look really bad. They're honestly the league's wild card. I would say right now. Some bright spots on that team. Obviously Trevor Lawrence is looking good. Uh, uh, their coaching has gotten a lot better. Doug Peterson is doing a lot of good for that franchise, I think. And, you know, even though they're still they're still suspect right now, I think that they, as the season progresses, they'll continue to prove a lot of people wrong or a lot of people right, depending on how you look at it. Um, I just, the reason I had to put them on for this week is that they lost to Houston. And I, you just, it's Houston, man. And they lost hard. Six. You know how hard you have to try to lose to yeah. Houston? Yeah. They lost 9-6, to six too, which is just... Yeah. Bad. All right, that's... It was not a very interesting game, from what I know. I didn't watch it because I was busy being a masochist and watching the Steelers play the Bills for three and a half hours. <sighs> three and a half hours of my life. Yeah. Well, actually, you want to you talk about just a bad day of football for me? I watched the Steelers game, and then I went to the Panthers game, like, in person, and watched them get slaughtered by San Francisco. I am sorry. I, it, was, it was just a, a bad day for football. Yeah. I got some good food at the game, but, like... That's a plus, at least. See, it's not all bad. Look, the only thing that can make me happy at this point in the season is football food. That's we mean football food. You mean like nachos? No, 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 no. Just like food that you would eat while watching a game. So nachos. 
wings, soft pretzel. Some people just down straight ranch while they watch football. That works too. I does it does it does it does it does it work? I don't know, but I, I yeah that was I oh okay look, look th- I mean if we're gonna touch on Jacksonville really quick too I mean they they yeah like you said they they've got some good players on that team and um but I I'm gonna say it's it's the same thing that we talked about with Detroit and with. Uh, the Steelers can't do a lot if one or two players are going to show up. Sometimes James Robinson will just absolutely pop off, and then the next week he's literally just like taking a nap in the end zone, um, and not you know the good kind like Gabe Davis did. Um, yeah. But or you'll have like, ah, uh, geez, I'm trying to think of people on their defense that aren't Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, yeah, Josh Allen's a great player, but he ain't no Josh Allen. Um, what? Josh Allen, huh? But not Josh Allen. What? You know Josh Allen? Yes. It, it, but you you know Josh Allen? What? I didn't I just say, huh? Josh Allen, but not Josh Allen. Are we talking about the same thing? Are we talking about Josh Allen? I maybe. Are you talking about Josh Allen or Josh Allen? I, I there's a oh I get it. No, I was talking about Josh Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I'm I think Josh Allen's really good. Um, but he, he's not able to do everything for his team that Josh Allen's able to do. Does Josh Allen even still play for them? Josh Allen does still play for them. I wish I heard about him more, though. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's kind of why I was asking, because I haven't heard his name in forever. Yeah. You I know he plays for them because, man, I'm not – I'm a Josh Allen fan, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to not hear when something about Josh Allen happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But – Okay. Well, I'm not exactly sure what kind of exchange that was. But speaking of exchanges, the nature of which we are unsure of, Zach, let's hear your exchange for the hot take of the week. Yeah, so my hot take of the week is uh, that Josh Allen is going to sack Josh Allen. No, I'm kidding. No. Okay, I was I I almost slapped you through this through this this whatever this is. <laughs> um, no, no, no. My hot take does have to do with the Steelers. Um, look, again, we we bash on the Steelers a lot because there's really not a lot else to do, but. We did say that there's there's a bright spot, and that's Kenny Pickett. But another bright spot is George Pickens. George Pickens being the only wide receiver on our team that can legitimately catch the ball. Uh, as we saw in the Browns game, he can catch it better than most. Um, I believe that that Pickett and Pickens connection is only going to grow when Kenny Pickett realizes that half of his wide receivers uh, have claws for hands. So that connection is just going to grow and it's going to lead to George Pickens being the offensive rookie of the year. Now that is definitely a very big hot take considering how our offenses looked, considering 
the fact that we probably won't fire Matt Canada. And um, also considering the fact that Chris Olave is actually going off. So I think it's definitely going to be a hard one. But the fact that the first, I mean, he didn't do as much as we wanted in this game. But the first half that Kenny Pickett came in, George Pickens had over 80 yards. So the fact that he did that with one half uh, with a new quarterback, a quarterback that seems to trust him, I think it's only a matter of time for George Pickens and Kenny Pickett to start racking in the yardage and racking in the connections and becoming really, I'd say, the next Big Ben and A.B. Um I mean, George Pickens is making catches like A.B. used to make. Uh, He's really open, maybe not as much as he thinks he is, but he's open a lot. Uh, He's probably the most fun wide receiver off the line of scrimmage. I've never seen a wide receiver just beat the crap out of DBs like him. It's absolutely beat them. He just pushes them over. (laughs) You know, it. I don't care. It's still absolutely hilarious. Um, but I think George Pickens is going to do a lot for this team. He's going to be the reason that our offense racks in maybe at least one or two wins this season, please. Um, but, yeah, so look out for that connection. Uh, hopefully it's as dangerous as we both think it will be. Um I mean, I pray. I pray it's dangerous. At, at, if it's not dangerous, you're dangerous the next couple of years. Or they're going to start really testing how much of a diehard fan we are. Um, but, yeah, so that is the podcast for today. Just look out for that Pickett and Pickens connection. And also, Dill, you can get away on But Dill just set up the two Steelers fans Twitter. So tell us about that, Dill. I did. So I try to keep it as consistent with the Instagram as possible. The at is at two Steelers underscore fans. That's at two Steelers underscore fans. I'll be posting Zach and I's picks for every game every week. And the big thing that I'm going to be using the Twitter for is I'm going to try and reach out to our following. I know it's small right now, but the hope is that one day it will grow big. I'll try to interact with all of our followers and all of our fans. And also I'm, I'm going to add a little bit of a personal aspect to it. I am going to be tweeting my thoughts throughout Steelers games. So you get to see my knee-jerk, unfiltered reactions to what is going on during the games. So that you sort of understand what it's like to be a Steelers fan. So if you'd like to drop us a follow, we are on Twitter now. At 2 Steelers underscore fans. Again, that's at 2 Steelers underscore fans. I believe it's the same ad as the Instagram. Uh, I capitalized the S and the F in Steelers and fans, so that might be different. But if you'd like to drop us a follow, we would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and then also uh, me and Dill talk a lot during the Steelers games, go back and forth. So I uh, know Dill uh, can also drop some of my takes and reactions from the game onto the Twitter as well. Um, but yeah, please go follow them. It, it's very similar. At, if you look up the app for the Instagram page, it'll come up on Twitter. Um, so yeah, go follow us on there. I'll try to get more updates on the Instagram as well. Um, but it's, you know, it's been crazy. And also Instagram is a little harder to put, uh, constant stuff on, 
but, you know, reach out to us. If you guys want to see more stuff uh, or more certain content on different things, please just let us know on the Instagram. Feel free to DM us. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter as well and just let us know what you guys want from us and what you guys want us to do more of, do less of, uh, and all of that. But, again, please continue to follow. Please continue to listen. We appreciate all you guys. But we are going to end this podcast the way the Steelers fans end every day. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go.